The following podcast contains beer, banter, and absolutely no legal advice from four family lawyers speaking in a personal capacity. Any views expressed are our own, and not those of our employers or chambers. Any legal commentary is for your amusement only. Always seek specialist legal advice. Okay, so uh, hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of the Without Prejudice podcast. Uh, due to our continued success and increased budget, this week we are delighted to welcome not one, but two guests to the pod. Both guests are senior clerks at very reputable barristers' chambers, and some might go as far to say they are the best in the business. Our first guest is James Shortall. James is a senior clerk at 29 Bedford Row. It's almost time for James's second testimonial match as he approaches 20 years at Chambers. James is an incredibly highly regarded clerk right at the top of his game. While some might say, some might say he's the best in the business and our second guest might have something to say about that. Uh, James doesn't <laughs> win every accolade because James has recently been voted the second most handsome bald man in family law. Uh, is that true? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> that is true. So, you know, second place is fine. The, the winner is, he, he likes to remain anonymous. Our second <laughs> guest is the legendary Steve McCrone. Steve began his clerking career as a listing clerk at 5KBW and in 1990, on Court, uh, or Mitre Court as it was then, merged with KBW to form the set they are now and the rest, as they say, is history. Just as a little side note, in 1990, none of the hosts of this podcast had even started primary school. So uh, just, uh, just bear that All in right. mind. Thank um, you. <laughs> That's a really nice consider- welcome, Dan. Thanks for that. <laughs> let him do it this week what widely considered the <laughs> godfather of clarking steve like james uh, has been at the very top of the clarking game for decades um and as usual with myself steve and james we have uh, sean from stevens of bolton darren from vitalingham k and mark from 36 guys how are we all doing very well really good thank you dan that was spot on I certainly agree with spot on but yeah i <laughs> <laughs> Most of it I liked. Anyone that thought you'd written that down, wouldn't they? How are we doing, guys? How's it been? Everyone yeah, good. Thanks, thanks for having us. Season yeah. two. We didn't make season one, Steve, but season yeah. two, we're here. <laughs> Just keep saying to yourself, they're saving the best till last. That's it. We were warming up for you. We were warming up. After tonight, we're not going to get another episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll keep it clean. Yeah, no, we've, uh, in truth, we've wanted to have you guys on for ages. Uh, it's been discussed between, not that it, may, it means much to you two, but uh, we've had a, a chat between the four of us for ages about getting the two of you on. So now it's great to finally get you on. How's the third lockdown treating you gents? Yeah, fine. Um, I've been going into chambers probably once every 10 days and just perhaps as a break from working from home, but also just to see how things are going. It's really weird in London. Obviously, it's a bit sort of zombie movie set walking down Fleet Street. Um, but it is what it is. You know, we're, we're very busy in chambers. Um, clerks are working perhaps even harder than they ordinarily were, you know, just because of the, the volume. But other than that, yeah, it's... Looks like the end's in sight for perhaps going back to Chambers, but yeah, other than that, fine. Yeah, I'm God. I'm going to be I, lockdown part part three has been quite hard, hasn't it? I've got two. So Steve, um, as you mentioned earlier, the Godfather. Um, he's a, he's a tiny bit older than me, and so I've, still, I've still got. Don't look at James. He's got more hair. <laughs> Hours, hours apart. It's a podcast, goes so you can say what you want, mate. <laughs> Nobody can see you. No, I, I've got, I've got young children, so you know, homeschooling has been 
been a dominant um, factor in 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 the Schultel household. So, I mean, I'm I've got to be careful here because my wife might listen to this, and I can't claim to have played a particularly active role um, in in homeschooling. But you know, I've had to listen to it, and um, you know, it's been yeah, it's hard. It's been quite tough. I mean, it's you no, know, he's well, he's only saying this because he doesn't know the answers to any of the questions his kids ask. <laughs> no other reason. <laughs> How old are your uh, How old are your kids, James? So William is nearly eleven, and Lila, she's nine. So um, that's proper schooling as well. Yeah, I mean the the truth is William's been. We haven't seen him. He 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 logs on at half half eight, and he finishes at half four. And he's of an age, and his school. He's completely um, independent, I suppose. I mean, I have to, what's quite fun is we have to get him up, and um, he's he's reaching that age again. Steve, you've had sort of teenage boys. I can't get him out of bed in the morning. So, you know, I go in there and I've, I've actually resorted to, um, it's obviously a sign of the times. We've got Alexas in, in the bedrooms and I turn the lights on, I open the blinds and then I tell Alexa to play Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I mean, he wakes up with a bit of a shot with Freddie in his room, but I mean, he's, you know, it gets him out of bed. Freddie, the the artist, not like a weird uncle or something. No, no, no. Or Kruger. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, you should try it. Bohemian Rhapsody in the morning. It gets you going, I tell you. Love it. Well, look, I think we should start today's pod with what is my favourite segment of the week. And it's something, if you listen to the pod before, you'll know we do every week. We started a challenge. Stephen James, uh, well, I started a challenge in series one to have a different drink with every podcast. And so now we do a segment every week called Sipping with Sean, where we uh, talk about what we're drinking just to do the round. So first step to do is to say we can roll our famous jingle. This is the hot new entry of the week. So let's kick off with sipping with Sean, Mr. Chalmers, King of Beers. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I had a, I did have a Budweiser earlier, just to, to wet the lips. But I've gone for the black stuff, classic uh, Captain Boring over here, sticking with the Guinness. I'm afraid. Like Captain Boring, Big Das. What are you on? Well, I'm getting increasingly boring because I'm also on the black stuff this evening. Yes. Cheers, Jammers. Marky Mark. Well, I've gone for a change altogether. I'm on Camden Pale Ale today. Which I is... don't ever had a beer on the pod before. Um, no, in truth, I was just rummaging through what I've got left in my alcohol cupboards. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it was either drinking these, which I think may have been bought for one of you at some point, And it was either drinking these or I crossed the road and go and buy some and I couldn't be bothered. So there we are. I'm having. Beer. It, was a, it was either the leftover beers or peach schnapps. That's yeah, I mean, these may have been here for year. about two years. So, you know. what about our guest tonight, Steve? What are you drinking? So tonight? I am on my favourite Italian beer, Moretti. No, very good. Very good. James, what are you drinking? Yeah, I mean, I could regret this um, going out on the podcast, but it's March. I've, I'm on the pink water. I'm not very good at drinking lager at home. I like it out of a pump. So yeah, I'm. I'm. I've got a. a a bottle of rosé, which I've just opened from Provence, which 
yeah, I'm sure I'll get ribbed for, but um, for the vibes. James, as if I would ever say anything about that. <laughs> no, no it's, James, it's lovely. It's, it's very sweet. It's very sweet. Lovely. Yes. Lovely. I love, the, I love the touch of the ice cubes in there as well, just because you've got to put it in the fridge. It's <laughs> to match his complexion. That's true. <laughs> uh, I'll finish off the rounds then. I've got a, I, a American pale ale today from Electric Beer Brewing Company. Bit of a psychedelic tin. Yeah, it's yeah. a yeah. psychedelic tin. Okay. It's a super fruity, sort of tropical American pale ale. Pretty good. Where do you get this stuff? I'm always intrigued in this. I've got my sources. I've got my sources. But, you know, I've been putting out a lot of uh, Twitter posts looking for free beer sponsorship. So it means you just got to drink what you get given, if I'm honest. But no, um, there's a place up the road for me that does a lot of good craft beer. And they change. I imagine that one's strong as well, isn't it, Sean? That looks like it's going to be a strong beer. Yeah, if I start slurring by the end, because this is a fairly strong beer, so... And he's on the fifth can of it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anyone I started drinking at one o'clock today, especially because I had a con at three. (laughs) Also, I find it quite funny that for the first few episodes, we were trying to get some form of sponsorship and we just stopped bothering. BrewDog just wouldn't give us anything. So I don't think we ever attacked them. We said we would every week and they never did. So if they're listening, then yeah. (laughs) They've got a lot of free advertising. Well, we need to tag them first, don't we? We do, we do. (laughs) But James, it's I agree with you completely. It's not the same drinking out of a can, is it? So hopefully one day soon, we'll be back. Uh, proper pint. Hmm. Let's yeah, go to our um, main segment then. We were going to call it tonight Stories from the Bar, and we thought it could be a combo of discussions around life in chambers and the kind of social side of family law and practice, etc. I think the first question that we were going to ask you guys, which I think everyone would be interested to know, is how you got into clerking. Well, so, I'll go first. As um, Dan mentioned, I started off my working life in the civil service and was working as a court associate. And I used to meet all the clerks when they were bringing papers to court. And I'll cut a long story short, I, I just felt I needed to change. And I'll never forget, I, I went to see my manager at the time in the civil service. And I think I must have been, I don't know, 21. And he said to me then, he said, Steve, he said, you do realise what you're giving up. You've got a promising career ahead of you here in the civil service. And just think of the pension that you're going to give up and I said to him is you telling me that the civil service pension when I'm 21 is the only reason why I should stay and he said uh, yes and so it obviously just made my mind up to leave and then I luckily I, I got a job in a set of chambers a family set of chambers and was a listing clerk and clearly I was fixing cases with the same people that I was working with so you know I had a charmed life for the first couple of years and and that and that was that and so it was a common law set where I was, and then we merged with what was Mitre Court, and you know I've been there ever since. So that's how I got into it. James? How about you, James? So yeah, mine's probably a fairly well trodden path. I went off to to do my A levels at college, and you know, unlike everybody else on this call, apart from Steve, I didn't realise that you had to probably put some effort in the difference between GCSE and A levels. So I just kind of cruised in and thought, you know, this will be standard stuff. And, um, you know, there was a pool hall over the road and a pub and a bit of freedom um, from school. It wasn't a sick form. It was it was a proper college. And I'd made some pretty serious errors in, in, in the subjects. I was doing maths, A-level, physics. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, um, nice. Look, the, truth, the, 
I like that. You, you backed yourself. I like that. Oh, Operation Back Yourself, 100%. <laughs> and um, the truth is, Darren, Operation Back Yourself when you know you've really made a big mistake. So the Army came in and the Navy came in and they had a careers day in the car park. And um, myself and my good friend Dave, who was doing, I think he was doing sport and leisure and things weren't going so well for him either. And we both sort of went in and we were going to sign up for the Marines and we were in the car park and we were kind of, you know, getting ready to, to, we hadn't told our parents what we were doing. We were 16, you know, we were just like, this is not going well. And um, luckily for me, my best friend's dad was a was a senior clerk and he was also my football manager. And I sort of went home that night and I sort of, seen the guy for the marines and i wasn't really sure i didn't really want to go to war or sign up for the marines or the army and i said to james you know do you think your dad can get me a job and um he said well there's this barristers chambers you know you won't know them they're called mighty court buildings i think they do divorce law and i hear that you know they're looking for someone and steve was was there at the time and um he in said, the marines well, in the Marines. The real advantage on the court ran with the trolleys, I tell you. <laughs> Staff Sergeant McCrone was there. And uh, anyway, I'd missed the date for the application and, and Alan said, oh, well, I know Fred Beams or Richard Beams. And already I was confused. This guy had two names. His name was Fred. Everyone called him Richard. It all seemed a very strange kind of Dickens-like kind of world that he was talking about. Anyway, he said, I'll get you an interview. And I, I remember going home on my bike and I got home and I had a, do you remember answer phones when your mum and dad had an answer phone? And you used oh, to yeah. have to, pre- you know, it was, it was a tape and you pressed it. Anyway, there was this message from, from this chap called Fred or Richard, uh, spelling his name out, Steve, this will make you laugh, B-E-A-M for mother, S, as he did on every phone yeah, call that we did for many years. And then um, he said, look, come in for an interview. So I turned up, I sat down and the interview went as follows and you know I, I really mean it um it literally took 20 seconds he said Alan says you're a good boy if Alan says you're a good boy then you're a good boy so can you start on Monday and I sort of said oh yes sorry Mr Beams yes yes and he gave me a 50 pound note and I said oh what's that for and he said well, that's for your travel to get here and I sort of fumbled in my pocket and gave him a travel card for one pound 20 and I said no 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 he said oh you're honest as well he said keep it and that was it I started Monday and I met Mr. McCrone and that was the beginning. It's like Rumpel wow. of the Daily. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. That's so uh, you're an honest chap. Keep yeah. the 15. Buy <laughs> <laughs> your mum something nice. You know, yeah. love it. Do you still recruit, do you recruit your own clerks in the same way? Just given a lot of incentives to prospective junior clerks. Can you imagine that now? James went, you know, oh, you seem like a nice girl. Here's a £50 note. You'd be in all kinds of bloody trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Every junior clerk you interview now, James, is just going to be hanging around when the interview finishes, just waiting for you. You know the truth, I don't do the junior clerk interviews anymore. I'm terrible at picking junior clerks. I always, I, you know, there's been a few good yeah, ones. So, so, so am I, hence, you know, look at James. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get you know what, I get it. I often get it really, really, really badly wrong. So I always pick people and say, oh, no, they're going to be great. I, I want to give this person a chance. And it just blows up. So now I let Ben and Julie do it. And they are a hundred times better at picking junior. You know, I'm okay when it comes further up, but I just always get it wrong. So, um are you guys yeah. happy with that though? Because obviously your job now, like <clears throat> being as high up as you are, 
it's not so much to do the day-to-day clerking that you've been doing all those years. It's to manage your teams, right? And to sort all the other clerks out. So are you happy as long as you're not working, you are working day-to-day with them, but you're happy not to choose them because actually the team dynamic, like, for example, Julie, who we all know, yeah. would be a great choice of character, but to let them choose. I mean, yeah, I, I am. I mean, I used to. I think probably when... Steve, I don't know how you feel about this, but when you first take over as a senior clerk, you feel like you've got to do everything. You feel mm. like you've got to be involved in everything. You want to come up with ideas. All that. You, you just feel you have to be at the nucleus mm. of it all. And I think that probably what comes with age and, and, and time on the job, and I think it's the same probably for, for most jobs, is you, you relax a bit and you realise that actually that's not the best thing for the business. Mm. You, you know, other people have good ideas too. Mm. Sometimes they're better ideas than you've got. And I think recruitment is definitely one of those areas. And you've just got to, do you know what? You've just got to know sometimes when you're good at doing stuff and when you're not. And, you know, I'm pretty bad at picking junior clerks. <laughs> well, I've got a question to do is the interviews that we do. I, I, I am pretty much involved in all the interviews in chambers, but I've sort of slightly changed it now. And I always try to make sure we have three of us doing it so that we can just make a decision. And I, I don't agree. We just go with a majority and... It, it just we just find it easier that way but i get what james says you know now after all you know i um i interviewed danny chapman as well and look what happened to him so it's your fault is it yeah, yeah. <laughs> guilty as charged. Sure he actually he mentioned that on on the podcast where we had him on to interview yeah. he actually discussed that yeah and i know we're going on to funny stories but We've got so many about him, but like we've, we've <laughs> we were both there at the, the conception of yeah. Danny Chapman. Yeah. So there was a stage when obviously the three of us all worked together. Steve and James, we were all part of a um, a wine tasting recently in the middle of January for a very a various family law event. Yeah, and I, I tuned in, and I'm not going to go into details, but just on what we were discussing, I, I, I'm chiming into this thing, and because. Danny Chapman was meant to be there, couldn't be there. The first half an hour of that wine tasting was just stories about Danny. <laughs> and it was mainly you two, I should add. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, we must have been under the bus. Oh, it was excellent. There are some good ones, yeah. and we were there too. We have to, you know, we got some good ones about him as well. But you know, yeah. what do you think? I was going to. We were talking about you know this idea of stories from the bar. What do you, obviously family laws known for being a fairly social bunch. I wondered, what do you think has been the best night out you've ever had in family law? Oh, my goodness. I know it's a big question. You know what? I, I, I was thinking about this earlier because I thought I kind yeah. of had an inkling there was something coming like this. So I've, I've semi-prepped a story, which is clean. You know, I'm not going to say it's hilariously funny, but it's reasonably funny. It involves a celebrity. You're really selling this to us, James. Yeah. <laughs> James, can you pick another? <laughs> no. Come no, on, then. Spill the beans, then. Spill the beans. And it doesn't involve Steve either, so it, that, that's good because I'm not stealing one of his. So probably, I, I'm not going to say it was the best night, but I'm going to say it ranks up there as quite a fun night. So you're no a firm on the south coast. Do you know what? I can't actually remember whether it was an Ellis Jones or a Paris Smith party, but it was at a place called Compton Acres, which is down near Sandbanks. So I'm almost, you know, I'm I'm throwing in prime real estate into this. I mean, it's got it's got everything. We we went down for this bash, you know, quite a big group from chambers and from lots of other chambers too. 
and it was a gorgeous summer's evening and there was lots of pink water flowing and it was just a really really fun night and we left Compton Acres and we all went and we did karaoke and famously we absolutely murdered I remember doing um karaoke with Nick Francis Mr Justice Francis I he picked Lucky Man by the Verve I mean talk about a hard song to sing good song yeah. Yeah. that's impressive yeah. we, yeah. we ruined it we were booed we were booed off stage anyway we then finished that and there was a hotel that we were all staying in <laughs> called the Harbour Heights Hotel I don't know if anyone's ever been there it's a really nice hotel on Sandbanks you know if you're looking for a weekend away and you're going to Sandbanks and you know you should stay there Throw that in, we'll we'll we'll, ha- we'll, 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 we'll tag we'll them. Tag well. them, we'll tag them. Yeah. As 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 we walked yeah. in, I was with uh, Sean McNally from Ellis Jones, and literally as we walked into the hotel bar afterwards, bearing in mind we'd been out, there was a wedding going on. Now it's funny when as you walk in, the bride looks at Sean, and he did a divorce. So already. There's, wow. oh my God, Sean, this is amazing. Her husband doesn't really know what's going on. <laughs> She's being picked up by this kind of big Irishman spun around. He's giving her a kiss on the cheek, dragged her, you know, dragged her to the bar. Groom looking very bewildered. You know, there's lots of family lawyers come in to this wedding party. And what do you do? We do divorce law. You can already tell it's a, it's a strange evening. Anyway, so I then sit down at the bar. And there's this, you know, rather small chap sitting next to me. And I don't really spot who he is at the time. And he sort of looks round and says, you know, how you doing? Yeah, I'm okay, thanks. He says, oh, yeah, um, you've got a cigarette. And I sort of give him one. And I, I don't even realise who it is. But it's actually Daniel Radcliffe. So it's Harry Potter. So Daniel Radcliffe is sitting at the bar. So then suddenly other people start to notice that I'm chatting to Daniel Radcliffe and they all start coming over. And what's Daniel? Daniel Radcliffe was actually there doing his driving test because statistically speaking, Bournemouth was the most likely place that you would pass your driving test. So he'd gone down there with his bodyguard to do that. Anyway, look, the night went on. We all ended up going out with Harry Potter and got to bed. The hangover was horrific and that's you know that's one of the stories that sticks in sticks in my mind that's awesome i love that harry potter did not follow operation back yourself (laughs) (laughs) all the way to bournemouth to do his driving test (laughs) similar similar to james mine's slightly different i'm lucky i suppose because i've been in chambers for a long while i've got quite a few and in fact i wrote them down so or some of them down. So if I just read them out and then perhaps you tell me which one you want me to expand on, okay? okay. I like this. I, like so, this. I love this. Oh. <laughs> right. So first one is dog poo car door handle. Uh, I know that. That's hilarious, but I don't. I don't think we should. No, I don't. I'm not sure we should. But anyway, definitely yeah. that one. Definitely that, that one. one. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a vault and. Uh... Uh, <laughs> Maybe Best we should excuse. talk about that one off there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Best excuse for not sending papers back to us. This to car caught alight. Arrested in chambers. Ooh, I like uh, the sound of that one. Same person a, handle. <laughs> <laughs> recording an episode of Neighbours over a police tape. And funny enough, the one that I, I, I do like is, um, this is, um, in a way, it's no point in me reading the story out because I'll by saying what I'm going about to say, just sums it up. Barrister driving to court, taking a train back, only to realise when they got back to Chambers that they'd driven to court and had to go back to on the train to bring their car back. 
No. Sorry, we didn't make it clear at the start. This, this is a four-hour podcast. So we'll yeah, be all you all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the one sort of similar to, well, not similar to James, but one that is funny that I came to. So everybody, you know, knows that pretty much the Clark and Rules parties are, are sort of pretty infamous. And for those that don't know, they're basically the one time in a year when all of the family sets get together and it's clerks at every level with the clerk of the rules and there's been hundreds of stories about that but the best one that well not the best one but one of the ones that I had was we'd all been out and um as you do everyone then goes straight out afterwards and it's always a very long night and and I promised my junior clerk at the time that I'd look after him and just wherever you go just stick near me and I'll make sure you get home all right anyway I lost my junior clerk, so I didn't know where he'd gone. I didn't, know, I couldn't get through to him. Anyway, I eventually got home at sort of early hours. Went back into chambers the following morning, really worried because I'm thinking I don't know where he is. I haven't heard from him, and I don't didn't want to phone his parents because I just thought, oh, what's going to happen? Anyway, so I sat down and to sort of give you an idea of how long ago it was. I'm first one in. I'm in the clerk's room, and then my phone rings, and I sees that the extension is Nicholas Wall. So it was when I was at Mitre Court and Nicholas Wall was a silk in chambers. And this must have been about quarter past eight. And he said to me, oh, Steve, can you pop over? And I thought, oh, God, what does silk want to see me for at this time in the morning? So anyway, I walked in there, knocked on the door. As I walked in, I was standing in front of his desk and he said, oh, how are you, Steve? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm thorough. So he said, what, what time do the junior clerks start in chambers? So I said, well, we normally start about, Half past eight, quarter to nine. As he's talking to me, as I'm looking at him, he looks sort of just to the side of me and it makes me turn round. And I turn round and the junior clerk that I'd lost is fast asleep on the chaise lounge that he's got in his room. The wall <laughs> has come in, he's started working, he's carried on working. And then he said to me, just come back in quarter of an hour and wake him up because I don't want him to get into trouble. It was such oh, a lot. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> that's, that's nice. Again, that's amazing. I love the fact yeah. that he's like, I just don't want to get in trouble for being late. So. Right, yeah, exactly. But, you know, as I say, that was a long while ago. But things like that, you just remember. And Who was and it? Fact, who, are we going to say who it was? Yeah, that's what we no, were No, no, no. Funny enough, that, well, that was, James will guess it, but it was another junior clerk of mine that did end up being the senior clerk. Okay, we'll leave that one for people. Yeah, that's, a, that's an accurate <laughs> for people to work out. Guys, I've got one one very quick story that does make me laugh, and you, some of you may know him, but so I was again at Mitre Court at this stage. I was probably about sixteen or seventeen, and one morning I, I I got in, got in quite early, opened up the doors. And as I walked in, there was my then first junior. So this is how long ago it was. Richard Beams was the senior clerk. Lloyd Smith was the first junior. Steve McCrone was the second junior. And I was the junior clerk. So that was the team. This was before Danny, before Danny Barnett, before lots of other people. It was a four club. And as I opened the door, I walked in and there was my first junior, Lloyd. We'd been out the night before. Nothing major. But, you know, it'd been a, a, an evening entertaining. We'd all sort of left at reasonable time. And he was there. And he was wearing exactly the same clothes that he'd had the night before. And I looked and he was having a shave. And he said, I said, well, Lloyd, what's gone on? And I said, oh, don't. I've had a terrible time when I got home last night. She locked me out. And I sort of said, well, who locked you out? And he said, oh, Carol, you know, my wife. I said, well, you know, what happened? Where did you, where did you go? And he said, well, 
I got home and I was so late, she wouldn't let me in. So I had to sleep on the drive. <laughs> he oh, said, no. I was throwing stones at the window and he said, my son Damien opened it and he looked out and he said, I'm sorry, Dad, but Mum won't let you in. <laughs> so he said, I've had to, like, you know, I've slept in the shed and then I've got up this morning and I've gone to work. So whenever you think you're having a bad one, think of it's that. never been that bad. I've never known anyone else to yeah. be not allowed in. And then, Steve, do you remember this story with Lloyd, the great one? And we could tell this story because Lloyd's not yeah. really Clarkin anymore, so it's all fine. So he's quite quite a funny person to tell stories about. There was another famous night when Lloyd had got home really, really late. I don't know, it was like three, four in the morning. And he got, he got in and he, he crept upstairs and he opened the bedroom door and it was really, really quiet. We've all been there, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. And he's got in oh, there, 100%. but he's made the fatal mistake get undressed downstairs don't get undressed upstairs so he sat down on the bed and he's leant down and just, carol's turned over she's like god you're up early and he said i oh, know i've got a really early start and he's got back up and he's walked back and he's gone out <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing he looked he looked like mr dead didn't he steve yeah, yeah. you've never yeah. seen anyone look um, so in their whole life. He's he always made James and I feel so much better whatever condition we were in because we always knew he would be worse than us. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe he had the wherewithal to, in that split moment to go, yeah, yeah, I'm getting up early. That's really Rather quick. I like that. Just like flopping <laughs> on bed. But you yeah, know, as soon as he stood up, he regretted it. As soon he, as he like, kind of leaned off the bed, he's like, why did I? I should have <laughs> took the rust. <laughs> he should have done. He should have done. It was a very, one of those very long days that he suffered. Yeah. Amazing. I've been in a couple of chambers and maybe including people on this call where after a heavy night out, I've, I've, I've sort of wandered back to chambers the next day and wandered into the clerk's room and seen a number of Domino's pizzas open <laughs> being Domino's, McDonald's. At 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Where it's like, you know, well, good to see that the clerks are as hungover as I am because uh, they're currently eating about 25 Domino's pizzas. Mm. But hey, we have to get through it how we have to get through it, hey? There, there were rules and they were bludgeoned into us, weren't they, Steve? By, yeah. by Richard, which was, we go out because that's part of our job. It's entertaining clients. It's, it's what you have to do. It's a, it was a big part. It'll be interesting to see whether that continues, actually. We can talk about that in a minute, mm. post-pandemic. Yeah. But pre-pandemic... And for all of our careers, it was a big part, entertaining, driving clients through chambers, looking after people, building relationships, especially in family law. I mean, again, I've worked in other areas of, of law and not like family law. You know, it was different. There was a real bond. There's a, a real family to kind of quote. And it was, a, it was a big part of it. But Richard always said, I don't mind how hard you all go out but I see you the next day. And mm. there has not been one day where we didn't do it. I mean, it just, no. you know, it doesn't matter how you get there. You just make sure yeah, you yeah. do. That's an unwritten rule for most of us, actually. As yeah. well. We work so hard, we play hard, but you are in the next day. Unless you've taken it as leave, you're in. Yeah. I don't Richard... care what colour you are, but you're there. Yeah, you but, are there. You're in person, going, you're doing your job. Going back to the clerk of the rules parties, like, and I'm talking when, you know, Richard Lloyd used to go. He used to say to all of us, and I still say it to all of my junior clerks now, and when we're all together, just on their way out to go, I just say to him, do not be the person that everyone is talking about tomorrow. <laughs> and I say, it's, it's so true. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. It. 
it's, it's about, also it's not know, just a it's not sorry sean it's it's yeah. not just a clarking thing it's it's something yeah. that's i think also i mean james you said i think it is something that's quite unique to the family law world i mean you guys know that i practiced in commercial before coming to mm. family very very different and i think the occasion where i met both of you we were obviously we were in jersey for that cost conference and i i yeah. actually think not of the event but i think of that the flight back where we were all delayed because of the fog <laughs> and just oh where we stuck at the air yeah and um and just the color that most of us had i think it was gray green <laughs> for a lot of that morning before we flew back i yeah. think it's something about collegiate i mean james you said it's there is a family dynamic about the family law world that gray green you're making reference to james and i did have a bit of a better excuse because it wasn't just drinking juice <laughs> we went swimming as well then <laughs> oh but no no my favorite part was i think you both booked the earlier flight i think you both booked the earlier flight that got yeah. delayed and we so, kind of you know turned up a couple of hours later having had that little bit more sleep yeah. and we just saw you there in the, in the waiting area <laughs> talking about great green mornings the uh the morning after the other question i was going to ask you guys was um what's been your favorite resolution conference because that's always one of those days isn't it and you guys get it so much easier than us because you get to rock up and it's like yeah. i don't have to sit in any seminars i can just do pub the night before lie in pub at lunchtime come for dinner <laughs> in the evening hang over on the sunday let's go home but you know us us hard-working solicitors have to actually <laughs> sit through some of the conference sem- seminars and I say sit through, I mean, I kind of, you know, drag ourselves through at times. But um, what's been your favourite resolution conference? Do you remember any good stories from those? Because it's typically a good night out, isn't it? <laughs> well, there's one story that we're not going to give airtime to because it's yeah. had so much. Pretty sure we've covered this story. Yeah, so we don't yeah. even need to say <laughs> what the DC let's cab not, journey, yeah, we've covered yeah, that one. Let's not do yeah. that. But for me, I'll be honest, my favourite rescons have always been the Manchester ones. Great. You know what? Manchester's a great, great, great city. I mean, the bit of Brighton, oh my gosh, I mean, all they James, James, I'll tell you. But Manchester, I, 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 I've always really enjoyed them. Yeah, I agree with James about Manchester, but one of the best times we had, James, was the one when we went to Stratford. And do you remember we... We we went to lunch and just didn't come back from the same lunch. I do but remember that. It was with, like, we must have seen 50, 60 solicitors all afternoon. Yeah. There was a fighting incident. It wasn't me and it wasn't you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was, yeah, that was good. For, although that one, I have to admit, do you remember that hotel? You yeah. know, sometimes, like, most of the, the, the resolution, get, especially now, it's all quite sort of posh the way they do it but that one was like an awful holiday in and mm. do you remember the guy there was probably about 200 people family lawyers all at the bar it was like 11 o'clock and he tried to close the bar yeah um, oh, there was Good like, there was was like a riot it was a riot it, it, there was no other way to describe it i'm not sure family lawyers are any better than rowdy football fans if you try and close a bar i think worse. Uh, i think i think worse. <laughs> Oh, no, but if you've got days. like 400 people in one place and even if you say conservatively, half of them are at the bar, they, they never can get enough staff for any resolution yeah. conference because they, they just cannot keep no. up with it. 
It was something I always told Sue Gunn when she was at Resolution, and I can't believe she's not anymore. But I know. What are we going to do about Sue Gunn? Oh, Sue Gunn. Every year, I was like, Sue, just tell the Resolution Conference Hotel to double the bar staff. Just tell them to double up on the bar staff, and they'll be fine. Yeah, no, I know. And obviously, this year, it was supposed to be Brighton, again, having been delayed by a year. But Mm. it's now going to be an online conference. Is it definitely still still Um, online? Yeah, it's going to be online again. They're not going to delay it till like you can turn it back. Uh, it's going to be online again this year, but next year we'll get proper conference back. Um, quite funny, Steve. Talking of Brighton, if we're going to talk about funny, funny conferences, do you remember there was a, a we'd been out, we'd been to see uh, it was a, we'd had a Chinese with an Elvis impersonator. I mean, talk about That's classic true. resolution, <laughs> yeah. Things. Mm. It was. Had, had you organised this or just? Uh, no. Yeah. That sounds just, like a story. Yeah, how, did Dan, that, just, how were you just, sat down having dinner with an Elvis impersonator? Dan, these you things just stumble happen. into these things. It just happened. <laughs> but there was a, there was a game that was played on the way back to the hotel, oh. and the game was I don't know if anyone's ever played this. Um, I, you know, we didn't. Again, Steve and myself, we didn't go to university, so we didn't get to do these these cool university drinking games. But the game was called Treehouse, and the rules of the game were: when you were outside of any bar or club or restaurant, if somebody yelled Treehouse, you had to get yourself off of the ground. They were the rules. Amazing. But I just remember at some point walking along Brighton Seafront, someone shouted Treehouse. Steve was halfway up a lamppost. I turned around. Joanna Jellings was climbing on top of a bus shelter. Somebody else had climbed up a tree. I mean, there was just, it was random scenes that were being recorded for prosperity. It was. Darren, you'll be pleased to know these were pretty much all Manchester based listers that were around. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'd love to your kudos to Manchester. As a Mancunian, hearing all these positive Manchester vibes, loving it. For the next for the next rescon in person, one of us is going to be shouting out Treehouse now. Yeah. <laughs> now I think in our group now, yeah. Treehouse. So, so St- Steve, you and I were going to we were sorting the golf for uh, yeah or last year's. Um, should we should we just do it? We'll do a virtual one, shall we? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And and somehow James has got involved in organising. The Clarks against the bar golf match, and we're both supposed to be playing in that. But yeah, I, James, that you play? I didn't know if James played golf. Yeah, I'm the captain of the of the Clarks <laughs> in the bar. Oh my right. So I've got, I've, I've got two Jambo, questions following that. Jambo, you did not answer Dan's question there. What was his yeah, question? Yeah, his yeah, question: yeah. Can you play golf? Well, I used to play. Yeah. So you know how to play, and therefore are welcome I, on I, any society well, day. Dan, I Dan, what, play, Dan I we are twelve, so I used to play, but I don't play anymore. So yeah, I'm we not. Are, a, we are pretty much ever present at the golf days before the resolution conference. Yeah, We're I've pretty much been, playing all. I've of them. never seen you there, Dan. No, well, I'm a, I'm relatively new to the game, but I'm really, really good. So, you know, if I wasn't doing, <laughs> if I wasn't he's doing also family the most law, handsome bald man in family law, and yeah. he's good at golf. Yeah. I was yeah. said I was a handsome, but you, you, you've told me I am, so that's fine. James, I, anoy- annoyingly, I've played with him, and he bloody is good. I don't well, say I that. Play- See, this is going out. We'd prefer people to think that it's just full of BS. So uh... <laughs> I think I think our, our listeners know that I am by now. I've, I've played with Sean a number of times. I've played with Steve a couple of times. Um, most recently, uh, at a great course, actually, Steve. Forgive me, I don't even remember where it was. Was that your course? No, that was um, Hadley Wood, wasn't it? Was it was very nice. 
Yeah, that was one of the Elden days, Jones. That was oh, um, yeah. you, and, you and your son. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, that was Phil, a and Phil Blatchley as well, wasn't it? That's right. We need to get out there. 29th, Steve, 29th of March. Yeah. Let's Not go long. for it. I've already got a tea book for the 30th, so I'm, I'm good to go. I've, I've taken the 29th off work already. I'd straight away. It was like, I will be on the golf course. Well, I've, well, I've got one, uh, one story that I, I did a bit of research on, and it's about one of our guests. Now, I'm not going to go into what firm of solicitors you were with, who you were with, how drunk you were, because I think that's all insinuated in what I'm saying. The funny thing for me is it involves a double-decker bus, someone being sick and a really expensive coat, Oh my god, that is definitely no. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this Chappie getting his own back? I I can I no, I don't mind admitting that that was me. Okay, that was me. <laughs> and Steve was there, so I don't mind. I I you know I'll, I'll James. Not only was I there, you and Danny ended up standing at my house. I'll, embell- I'll embellish your story. So we are very young. You have to you know this is I'm probably eighteen at the time. And we've been out and I think that I've done really well. I'm sitting next to a young lady who is a secretary at a certain firm of solicitors who I probably had a bit of a soft spot for. And I thought things were progressing, you know, and that we were getting on quite well. And then she kind of looked at me and I thought, oh, I think she really likes me. And then she vomited all over me. See, I have a massive problem with this because I just lose myself if someone was sick on me. Dan, I'm not talking about a little bit either. No. I mean... You coated her. Leaned over. No, she coated him. Oh, so, oh so, yeah. And, yeah. So, so. and it was a brand new coat. It was... That's what I love about the story. Yeah. It was... <laughs> It was. He was more concerned about the coat. He absolutely. Yeah, yeah. this is I what know. I gather. It's quite an expensive new coat. It was, it was. It was. I can't remember when it was a Hugo Boss coat, but I was like eighteen. It was probably the coat was probably more than my monthly wages, and I'd re- I was. She literally. I'd had it for like a day, and oh no, to say that. I mean, I literally. I didn't. I didn't know what to do with it either. I had to take it back to Steve's house. I was trying to wash it in the bath, this pea coat. And I took it to the dry cleaners and they were like, oh my God, what's happened to it? I was like, look, look really, can you try and sort it out? They were like, okay, mate, look, listen, we got like a dry cleaning machine, not a wand. So no, I don't think there's anything we can do. <laughs> I think you'd have to bin it. I was like, it's my month's wages in that coat. And this girl, oh, anyway, yeah, awful. I love the fact that you, you were hoping things were going to progress, but you knew full well you were going back to Steve's house. Before we got on the bus to Liverpool Street, I remember the last round of drinks we had. Trambuies. Trambuies, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that she'd ordered. <laughs> Amazing. Awful, awful, awful. Guys, yeah. I'm thinking, should we move I'm glad on that to... One came up. <laughs> <laughs> And we both know exactly how it's come up, Dan. Well, yeah. I, I, before we get to <laughs> yeah. uh, the poo handle story, uh, Mark, you, you were saying... Well, I was going to say, is this a good moment for maybe some quick-fire questions? Yeah. Oh, I love the yeah. quick-fire questions. So we do this to all the guests. Um, normally we do 10 questions, but we'll obviously split them between you. Um, so are you ready, guys? Whatever comes into your head, first thought, short answers, instant reaction. Yeah. First one to Steve, sausage sandwich or bacon roll? Sausage sandwich. Good choice, sir. Good choice. 
James, red, red. wine, white wine, or rose? All rose. Rose. Oh, pink water. You love Ooh. pink water. Hey guys, hey guys. He thinks he's sophisticated. Yeah. Steve, on the same vein, favourite yeah. drink. My favourite drink is probably Moretti beer. Okay, like it, like it. James, how do you like your steak cooked? Oh, the rarer the better. Give it to me blue, baby. Oh, like that. Mm. Steve, Chris Mitchell or James Mitchell? (laughs) (laughs) James Mitchell. I love your answer. Affinity with the family clerks. I would have said Chris. I would have said Chris just to balance it up. We should explain that these are two senior clerks at other chambers. Yeah. Um, so, so it was a difficult decision. Yeah. Yeah. James, put you on the spot. Three PB or four PB? Oh, four PB. Okay. He's gone I'm, for it. I'm calling Chris. <laughs> yeah. If he didn't say that, Reva, I'd be calling him. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, Davies or Dailies? Oh, Dailies, definitely. Good choice. James, Clintons or Vitlingham K? <laughs> oh, that was oh. a part of the planning. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. that question was in rehearsals, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one, Sean. I quite like that. You're, you're editing, mate. <laughs> that's that's a that's tight. That's tight. Um, you can go on the fence. I'll let you off. Yeah, I, guys, come on. I'm I'll let you off on that one. Steve, on. <laughs> Chambers and Partners or Legal Five Hundred? Chambers and partners all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't even pretend, Steve. Absolutely. James, I'll give you an easy one to finish. Kylie Minogue. This is when we asked Peter Andre. Kylie Minogue or Danny Minogue? Oh, it's Kylie all day long. I agree. See, Peter went Danny. I go Danny. Can I ask you about about this? Because I saw, forgive me, I didn't watch the Andre um, episode or watch, listen to the Andre episode. But, you know, he used to live in my village in Ockley. And I remember when he moved in with Jordan and... It was really funny. So we lived in this tiny little sleepy village in Surrey under Leith Hill. And it's had lots of famous people who have lived there over the years. Ollie Reed, other people, um, generally people who quite like a drink. Anyway, Peter and Jordan moved in and they used to turn up in their Ferrari and have lunch at the King's Arms. And we all used to go and they'd all come in. And it literally was a bit like a not like a circus, but everyone knew they'd come in and there were often film cameras and things. So, yeah, so it was, I was quite interested to, to, to see him on the, um, on the previous guest list. Well, there you go. You're in a steam company now. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. He's a really nice bloke. Really, yeah. really nice guy. Well, we, he was always so, so polite when you used to meet him. Much, actually, much more polite than she was. But anyway, we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> That's been really cool. I enjoyed that a lot. It's really fun. Great to get to know you guys a bit more for people listening in as well and to get a feel for what it's like. The one thing that I was going to talk to you guys about, since we've got a bit of time left, is something we talked to Danny about, which is access into clerking. And I know I'm bringing this down to a more serious level now, but I've always been really intrigued by the fact that clerking isn't seen perhaps traditionally as career path for people Mm. and you know seeing like you know we all know you guys really well and know clerks and it is a proper career and a profession and something that takes dedication and skill and craft what do you think about how people can get into clerking because the stories that you told very much are kind of found your way into it and Danny Mm. said the same thing about how he got into it 
I think it'd be really interesting to talk about, to ask maybe some of the more junior clerks now about how they find their way into the profession. But why, what you guys think about bringing younger people into clerking? I think it's fair because also the entry into clerking isn't obvious in, in, the, way that, in the way that to yeah, become a solicitor or a barrister, yeah. you know the steps you need to take to get in. But entry into clerking, it's just never mentioned. No, I was just going to say that. And in fact, that's something that's similar to when James and I started, as is now. Not many people know what a barrister's clerk's job is. You, you never see it. Well, they call us, they, they get it wrong. They call us the wrong name as well, don't they? Yeah. They don't get the clerk right, you know, clerk, you know, but, you hear the law. Well, I, I, I also think, particularly for any international lawyers, like, clerking or clerking in the states is basically somewhere between yeah, so, shadowing and marshalling a judge it's yeah, a completely exactly. different role yeah and 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 in like for hong kong for example chambers just have a share secretaries and they just really run their diaries pretty much themselves um i think most people get into clerking through someone who's already in clerking or has just got some connection with it as i say you know you never see adverts for it and do you think it needs the, to evolve? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it it does. Although, you know, what I would say, and it's not probably the best reason for it, but there's certainly been quite a few TV programmes, sort of drama series, where, you know, anything to do with, like, sort of medical or legal is always something that people want to watch. And, you know, we've all seen the ones where clerks are in and I suppose you could say archetypal. They're based on perhaps clerks that... James and I have known in the past, you know, and yep. sort of bit, little they, bits of elements were. in there, you know, and, and that gets people interested. But most of the junior clerks that I've interviewed really only know about it through other clerks that are currently working. You know, it's not through something James mentioned, you know, like careers officers earlier on, but, you know, I, I don't think they'd ever recommend a job. It's an interesting job, isn't it? Describe what it is. Yeah. What does a solicitor do? You you know what it is, a barrister, you know, you know, what does a clerk do? Well, it's very different from the beginning. You know, at the beginning, it's you're pushing a trolley, you're carrying papers to court. At least that's what mm-hmm. we used to do when we used to have physical papers. I mean, now electronic papers, things have changed, perhaps. But mm-hmm. the job evolves, doesn't it? So you yeah. come in as a junior clerk and you're you're a gopher, so to speak. That's yeah. a bit like maybe entering a trading floor. You know, mm. the route to become a trader, again, I'm not perhaps trying to liken being a clerk to a trader, but, you know, you come in, you're a runner, you get the coffee, do, does your face fit? Are you going to work hard? Have you have you got something about you? OK, mm. actually, I quite like this guy. He does. And then you move on to someone who's about diary work on the desk. Can he be relied upon? You know, things like that. And then it moves on again. Well, hold on. What's he like managing people? Mm. What What's his... What's his business acumen like? You know, can he grow a company? You know, a senior clerk is more like a, a CEO. He's more like a, you well, know. That, a, that's, that, that's why I asked the question about evolution, yeah. because when you're at the top of the tree, I mean, I don't know the, the ins and outs of it, but fundamentally you are managing the operation in some cases of multi-million pound businesses. Yeah. And mm. it yeah. seems strange that in that light, the entry into that career path is still something that's quite in many well, ways, Dickensian and it, unknown, it, and you uh, have to know the right person. It, it seems changed, unusual. Some of the some yeah. of the other chambers have have changed their recruitment policies, and there are some chambers, some of the commercial, some of the civil chambers, 
that have started to look for candidates that have qualifications and have yeah. skill sets. But the yeah. problem is, do you know, it's a really difficult one to work out what the best thing is for the longevity of the role for Chambers. There is something to be said that for me, I came in at 16 and I learned the business from the bottom up. So I literally put the toilet rolls in the toilet cubicles. I changed the light bulbs. I put the paper in the printer. I learned the business right from the bottom. So I understood it. So now when I'm worrying about strategy, marketing, I, I understand Chambers inside out because mm. I've been there all the way through. So if you bring someone in at a different level, can they possibly understand a business, especially a barrister's Chambers, where mm. you, have, you have to pay homage to the past? It, it's not... Part, part of it's yeah. alcohol, right? It's, it's, it's not it's, it's a yeah. science. It's, it's, yeah. lo- lo- lots of Chambers have tried alternative routes, you know, and from, I don't know, getting someone with a a military background in, or as James says, a, perhaps a, not CEO, but a similar level from a company, another company who wants to come in and bring all their management ideas, their innovative ideas, but they've got to fit the barrister module. You know, it, it's got to work. And like James says, you know, our junior clerks grow up knowing that and get to know more and get more responsibility. And, you know, he made a point, you know, that it's true, certainly, some of the bigger commercial sets are now saying two, three A-levels are the minimum. And again, that's just because they want to set that bar higher. So I think it's changed a bit that way, Mark, that certainly some sets are trying to make sure that the quality of the candidate they get is higher. But I still think that the first five years <coughs> of any park is where it really, you can tell which ones are really going to motor on and which ones have got potential and Others where this type of job isn't for them, you know. The thing I always come back to with it is, like, you look at, you know, you guys, Danny and Tony and whoever, you know, everyone who's who's acting as a senior clerk role, and you think about the knowledge and the skill set that that takes and the, the way that you guys operate. And then I look back on the candidates that come in at that lowest level. And what I always think is, if I'd known, let's say, for example maybe not me personally, but if people would not knew the career progression that was available to you, if you grafted, if you were capable, you would draw in candidates who potentially would be at a starting level that would be potentially, it's a, it's a really attractive profession to someone. Yeah. Do, do you know it, what, doesn't get the, it doesn't get the press that it deserves. No, it yeah, get, that, that's, no. that's where we're going to with it. It just doesn't yeah. get the, it doesn't get the attention. Because for your junior clerk roles, what you should have is 50, 100, 16, 17-year-olds who are saying, okay, uni's not right for me, maybe, but a junior clerk role or, you know, coming in at that bottom level, I can see there's progression here for me as a career. And this is something that I'm interested in and I can see where I can go with this. And it just doesn't get the publicity it deserves. Sure, and what what it probably needs is a realisation that the real skill set, I think, probably for what we do, and it's an agency role, you know, we're like football agents, rather than looking after footballers, we look after barristers, but our skill set is emotional intelligence, that's that's the key to it, and that's why we're able to progress through, and that's why some people move move on from the June, you know, it starts off, can you push your trolley to court, and can you get the papers there at 10.30, okay, it doesn't take a great deal to, to make sure that happens, 
But as things become more complicated, it's the emotional intelligence that will set apart the good senior clerk from, from the mediocre one. I always think that's the biggest key, I think. But I was going to ask what, what would be your like top tip for anybody who's just heard that chat, which is really interesting over the last few minutes. Like, what would be your top tip for like a budding 16, 17, 18 year old who thinks, you know what, I've listened to that. I want to do that job. And that sounds, that sounds really cool. That's what I want to do. What would be your tip? What would be your like kind of, right, okay, this is what you need to be. You mentioned emotional intelligence, but is, is, is there something specific where you'd say, this will help you? Well, I think emotional mm. intelligence is something you've either got or you haven't. I agree, so yes. I think you, you oh, I would say you feel it, you read people, you understand people. Again, I think Steve and myself are probably quite good social chameleons. So, you know, when we're talking about the higher echelons, and we're obviously with you guys tonight, we're very comfortable with the higher echelon of society. But, you know, we can... <laughs> you we can mix and match it with the best of them. Uh, so I think that, but the other thing, i tell you the one thing that I always think, and I, again, separate this from what we do. I just think you can talk about this for any young person. I, mm. I say it to my son all the time. When someone asks you to do something, just do it. Do it then. When you're asked mm. to do it, do it, do it well. Don't put it off. That's great. And the, the other thing is I always remember saying to someone who was, older it might even have been steve or more senior than me do you ever find this when you had someone senior in your in your team who used to say to you have you done that and you go oh, oh i haven't jesus how did they remember that it's much easier to remember things that you've asked someone else to do that's yeah. another one that always got me you know I, I i think it's also it really is a job that the more that you are prepared to put into it invest yourself the more you can get out of it and also the more you can progress you know there are opportunities and if you're prepared to work hard if you're prepared to show initiative prepared to do things that perhaps you don't think people are noticing that's in a way a mantra for life really but our job is is no different It, it is getting harder and as sort of mark said earlier it doesn't really get the perhaps the recognition it deserves um and it certainly doesn't get the exposure that it deserves, you know, because James and I have been doing this a long while. We both love doing the job, you know, and like to think that we're quite good at doing it. But we haven't got the greatest amount of qualifications. But what we have got is a willingness to learn, certainly not afraid to work hard. And I'd also say just don't be something you're not, you know, just be yourself and people will get to know you and, and you will progress, you know. It's don't give up. Steve, but, I mean, the, the interesting thing, I think, hearing those skills, the thing that occurred to me is that they are probably the same skills if someone were to say to me, what are the killer skills for a barrister and also a solicitor? I was going to say, exactly, I think, the same thing, emotional intelligence. That, I think emotional intelligence and being a social chameleon, James, yeah. that is such a powerful skill, particularly for counsel. If, if you mm. can be that, you're halfway home. I mean, it's, it's assumed that all of us have the the knowledge and the skills i mean frankly mm. you don't get through the door if you haven't got that but if you can be authentic and at the same time have that kind of high level of emotional ability i think that will take you a long right. way and, and maybe the reason is that the strongest chambers are always the chambers where the clerks are working hand in hand with the barristers and are growing with the barristers. Mm. So maybe that's why they're both developing skill sets. Mark, this will make you laugh. Talking about social comedians. I remember my very, very first Chambers dinner. So I'm 16. 
So just remember how young 16 is. So I'd literally just started work and... When Steve's 16, none of us are born. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so, I'm not going to let you win a yeah, goal. I don't know why I'm having a go at you, Steve. I yeah, don't quite like you. Steve, make sure you beat him at golf next time. <laughs> We've got this dinner, and I, I can tell you what it was for. I think it was for Pointer's um, Silk, Steve. You'll remember it. Anyway, we yeah. had this huge Chambers dinner, and I, I, I was sitting next to Lady Justice Butler Sloss. I'm 16, <laughs> okay? So, I mean, already compute that. Yeah. Compute that now if you were sitting next to her. We should okay? say, one of the at highest 16. judges in the land at the time, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then, but compute that now. If I said, Dan, you've got to sit next to Lady Justice Butler's last tomorrow, you'd already be thinking, oh, God, okay, what am I going to talk about? I've got to get my stuff together here. You know, this is... It's you know, I can't, yeah. it's, it's, and of course, she'd have, she, she tonight, should do yeah. research on me, to be honest. But, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, oh, my <laughs> That's a so given, I, Dan. She'd know you are. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Most handsome man, bald man in family law, yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm 16. I've got no research, firstly, because, let's be honest, there was no internet when this was happening. <laughs> um, so I couldn't do any research. Secondly, no one had told me I was sitting next to her. I literally just got sat next to her. And I turned around. I was like, oh, well, hello. You know, and she said, oh, hello. <laughs> and I've just been on holiday to Magaluf. Right? Yeah, you had. <laughs> I'm gonna right, listen, been a good holiday. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, did Shagaloof live up to his name? Right, listen, I was tanned to the max. And she turned around and she said, Oh, hello. She said, Have you been away? But already at 16, I knew that saying I'd been to Magaloof was not the right thing to say. Yeah. So I turned around and said, Yes, I've been to southern Spain. <laughs> <laughs> and she then laughed and said, Oh, I love Southern Spain. Whereabouts? I said, oh, Excuse me, just one moment. I've just got to go and speak to someone because I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm talking about. Last orders at the bar, please. When you said that about being a chameleon, I thought that's the main skill of being a solicitor, being a barrister. It's about being to adapt to the circumstance, you know. It's, it's the same skill set. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think that it is, as Steve said, a completely, I might have using your word, Steve, but it's an undervalued, underexposed profession. Absolutely. And actually, you know, you two do incredibly <laughs> well because of the work you've put in over so many years and, mm. and essentially are setting the, the groundwork and, and laying out the playing field for, you know, all the other clerks. Leading from that, I have one question, right? And I've always wondered this, and I've actually never asked a senior clerk this. Every year, you guys go, family law, all the senior clerks, you go for a big lunch or a big dinner. For me, this is like the Premier League managers getting together. As you said, you're like CEOs, and I completely agree with that. You are. You run businesses now. Your job has changed so much. There's like 20 of you, right? Senior mm-hmm. clerk. Surely. What, what, you just, you're all, you're all best friends? I mean, I'm not asking you to produce an episode of the Kardashians, but that must be eventful, right? It's, it's good. It is, it is eventful. And I must admit, you know, we've, we've, you know, we've, we've often said, imagine if a bomb was dropped on this place now. One of the things you say that about sort of seating plans, and I won't say who, but all of us, when we go for this dinner, we all try to avoid, we all try and avoid the same person, but it's not done in a sort of, a nasty way because you're always going to end up to, but it's sort of become a 
a running joke that is that person James? <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what they did to me, Dan? No, I'm beginning to realise it must be me, Dan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dan. This will make you laugh. So you talk about this big lunch. So I, I became a senior clerk. What was I? 24. So I was quite young. They're all a bit older than me. I, you know, it was like my first invite to the to the Godfather's table. Okay, so firstly, there were a couple of things I was worried about. One, I was worried about how I was going to pay for it. Two, I was worried just about you know, not being seen to be a bit of a, you know, bit of an idiot. I always said, you know, I was here. I was here by, by merit. Anyway, lo and behold, it all, it all went badly wrong. It unraveled badly for me. I, I, you know, I, did they spike my drink? Maybe. I'm not sure. But <laughs> what I do know is what that I woke, up, <laughs> I woke up the next day at home. Good start. Great start. And I opened my bag and... I then proceeded to find the whole of the cutlery set from the restaurant I'd been Brilliant. in. So mm. I had sugar, mm. I had 12 plates, I had glasses, <laughs> no plates. knives, forks. They'd put the whole of the dinner service into my bag. And I was obviously just young and enthusiastic and hadn't really noticed what was going on. So that was my first one. So the answer is what happens when, when, when you meet that's what happens. You get taken. I was going to ask as well. So that kind of James is an initiation. So you two now are at the can't get to the top of the tree. Yeah. Do you still do it? Uh, do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's because when you've been doing a job for a long while, you realise that you're one of the sort of cartel that's deciding what you're going to do and things like that. And it's and you're almost on the panel. Who do we next invite to come to it? You know, it's it's it's, it's not, was, it sounds was, more elite than it is, really. <laughs> you, know, you, you know all the clerks we're talking about. And it's, you know, we all go back a long way. And I think it is just how it is. And, and funny enough, it's sort of spawned a further lunch because now a lot of the junior clerks have a similar lunch but they call it the listing lunch you know which you know is fair enough as well i don't think that's on i think you've got to earn Uh, your stripes before you get yeah oh yeah exactly yeah 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 i agree with you there but i also think though that you know what is fantastic about especially well i can only really talk about family law is that the camaraderie between the clerks in all of the chambers is just second to none it's fantastic you know like a rival said to me, but it, it's it just isn't like that. We go back a long way with Michael and Paul Harris and things like that, you know, and Dan and Michael I've worked with, you know, for 20 years now. You know, we all know each other so, so well, and it just is so unlike most divisions. You you just tell, you know, my, my son's a, followed in his dad's footsteps too, and he's a clerk in a chancery set, and I just can tell they don't have that same affinity between all of the sets. I tell you what, Steve. No, no, there's no better advert for that than the start of this pandemic because you say yourself and James and Paul and Michael and Danny and you know I could name ten more. You yeah. all came out and said we have this service, we have this service. If anyone wants to use it, anyone, any change, yeah, yeah. And it was mm. it was really actually important. I think you two were two of the first who came out and said, "Look, we're doing this." And Danny did it. It, it calmed every solicitor and probably every council down. So I actually. If we need stuff now, we're all in this together. Yeah, we are. Cool, actually. It was actually really, you know, it's a bit, you're kind of proud to be involved in family law. I found Mm. it, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I agree with that. That's time. Do you know what? It's not just the clerks. You guys do it together, the barristers, the solicitors. 
listen, in family law, how much work do we do we push around to each other? Exactly. Fair point. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. That's well, James, you know, even creating this podcast was, you know, it's this was us as four mates, not as four yeah. practitioners or yeah. barrister and client. You know, it's mm. this is just four mates hanging out. Well, and you know, as you mentioned, we mentioned earlier, you know, you talk about resolution conference. I can't think that there's many sort of areas of law that get 500 people attending an annual conference. I know there is the social side of it, but there is just some sort of stellar lectures organised and people really do appreciate going to it, you know, um, and I think that's testament to it as well. And, and again, that's where you build up all these relationships. All of us here, you know, perhaps with the exception of Mark have been at, bar, at the bar at resolution in one place or another, and we continue will to do so. You know, it's just... Oh my God, I'm going to get totes of moche. <laughs> I, I think it's, uh, it's a great place to kind of wrap up, guys. We we knew this would be a brilliant podcast, and thank you both so much for coming on. Um, oh, it falls thank on you me so much. as the guy that did the introductions to name the pod, yeah. right, to name the podcast. And I think it's been it got mentioned early doors, early on in the podcast, and it got mentioned a few times afterwards. So I'm going to go for Operation Back Yourself. Because I, I think that Love I think that. that's excellent. Love I think that. that's excellent. Great name. So, great name. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's a great name. It's been mentioned a few times, and uh, you know, a great way to end. So all all it leaves me to say is, guys, thank you so much. Because uh, I think everyone will love, particularly in family law, but elsewhere as well. Listening to that, thank you both so much for joining us. Uh, it's been thoroughly oh, enjoyable. So we could do this for another four hours. Yeah. We, could just we don't have to go, though, do we? Can we stay? I don't want to go. I'm going to stop pressing record. <laughs> we we'll end the podcast, then we can stay in as long as you like. <laughs> I think before we... Say before we hit stop, then say it now. I think before we do hit stop, Sean, where can people hear this podcast? Oh, so we normally forget to do this bit, and it's the most important bit. <laughs> step back for self-promotion. Anyone who hasn't listened to us before, you can find our podcasts on our Podbean page which is the Without Prejudice podcast at podbean.com. Or you can find us on Spotify or Apple Music if you search for the Without Prejudice podcast. And you can email us at the Without Prejudice podcast at gmail.com. So there we go. And again, to repeat, thanks so much, guys, for joining us. Boys, love you as always. And see you for the next episode. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Cheers.